Welcome to the Everything Apartments podcast. I'm your host, Eric Christopher. And on this podcast, we cover all topics of multifamily investments from buying and financing properties, day-to-day operations and management, and also reinvestment strategies. This is episode 20 of the podcast, and we have a whole bunch of great back episodes to explore. So scroll down in the whatever podcast platform you're using here, and you'll hear different topics with some great guests. I talk to a lot of apartment property owners each week and month, and I get the question, what's going on in the market quite a bit. Today, we're going to talk about that by way of looking at the first quarter sales activity here in Long Beach on five plus unit buildings. We'll keep it brief today. Like myself, nobody wants to hear one person ramble on for an hour. So stick with me and maybe you'll get a nugget or two that you like. Now, this is one of the episodes you may want to watch the video on as we'll be sharing a few visuals So if you're listening in your car, maybe bounce into the YouTube recording later. Sometimes those visuals are kind of nice to see in front of you. Many of you may know I've been an apartment broker here in Long Beach for a long time. That's how I got my start here in the business. But I'm also a self-admitted data geek. When I started in brokerage, I decided I would track this apartment market better than anyone or any website. And that's still true today. And I'll prove that a little bit. And hopefully I'll also show you how some of this information can help you. But first, I'll tell you about our firm, WSC Realty Advisors and WSC Property Management. WSC has been helping buyers, sellers, and managing properties in Long Beach for over 15 years. If you're tired of managing your units or just not getting the results you want, we can definitely help. WSC never wants to be the biggest firm in Long Beach. Instead, we stay smaller and more agile to bring the quality you want. We can also help if you're looking to acquire more units here or maybe an out-of-state exchange scenario for apartments or a single-tenant net lease investment. Visit wsc-pm.com. Call, text, or email us. All that information is in the show notes. Mention the Everything Apartments podcast and get your first two months of management absolutely free. Whatever your challenge is with your property, WSC has a solution. So let's jump right into this as I've shared my screen. Today, we're comparing quarter to quarter. So this is kind of a microscopic view of three-month brackets at time. Now, the market's been in an uptrend for 10 years now. I remember 2012 was kind of like the significant year where we saw stuff kind of heading up the back the right direction. Uh, But like the stock market, as time goes by in an uptrend, people begin to think it will never inflect but yet it always does. And perhaps uh, interest rate increases this year could be a part of that. For now, let's look at transaction volume for the most recent quarter and then compared to the previous three quarters. As we can see, Long Beach usually has about 30 closings per month on five plus unit assets. There's usually a slight uptick in the fourth quarter. That's pretty normal for the end of the year. Got people trying to finish up those exchanges or just get positioned within that tax year. So you always see a bit of a swing up in in activity in the fourth quarter. For good measure, I also subgraphed the properties by age group. There's three of them. The 1940 to 1969 age group, which I call the mid group, usually sells the most. They have the, the highest quantity of properties in the city. So it makes sense that they probably have the highest amount of sales. That's followed by the older group, predominantly built in the 1920s and 30s. And then the final group is predominantly built in the mid 80s. That's those two bedroom buildings on three stories with the parking underneath. They do have the smallest quantity in the market. 
So it makes sense that they have the smallest sales volume as well. The take out of this is we generally close 30 properties a month in Long Beach. Now let's just take a real quick look at rent per square foot. Everything in our properties is driven off of the income side of the equation, what we're pulling in as gross revenue on an annualized basis. This figure is pretty linear. It's derived from taking the total gross income of the property per month and dividing it by the rentable square foot. So this is a pretty, like I say, it's pretty linear. You can see that range is running about $2 to $2.50 citywide. If you extend the graph back out in time, let's say we could go far, far to the left, you would find the biggest increases in the 2016 to 2018 era, kind of before that rent control and then obviously COVID. Uh, that being said, if you have under market rents, get in there and raise them now. That CPI is, is running pretty high, as we've all seen with gas prices and food prices. Right now, you can raise the rent somewhere around 8.5%. I'd want you to check that to be exact in what you did. But the CPI reflects that and gives you the chance to catch up on some of your lower than market rent. Now, let's look at price per square foot on the sold buildings. And right away, your eye, as mine did, will kind of go to this big jump that we saw between Q3 and Q4 of last year. And there's a point to be made here. We are currently looking at citywide statistics today and only for one quarter. And what we'll do in future episodes is we'll start to dissect zip codes in the future. So I took a look at why there was this major jump. And there's two reasons. In the last two quarters, we've seen a few more transactions in the 90803 zip code than usual, 90803 being Belmont Shore and the Naples area. Square foot prices on these assets can reach six to $800. So if you load a few more of those into the equation, you'll definitely see an uptick. The other reason is studio buildings always register a higher square foot price than do their other larger unit peers. That doesn't matter what zip code it's in. It's just the dichotomy of, of the smaller unit vis-a-vis -vis the larger. And so they can also juice this number. And I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the properties that sold in 90803 was all studios, and it sold for a little over $800 per square foot. So what we can do just to get a bigger context is we'll take a peek at the annual number. And there you can kind of see a much more linear kind of equation. You've got you know, some years past to look at, including the current year, which obviously would have a couple of April sales. We're kind of jumping a little bit out of the quarter. And then certainly, as you always see, the on-market asking prices are always higher than what they close at. So we are still first quarter of the year. Let's flip the page to GRM or gross rent multiplier. Some of the same nuances will show here. But real quick, let's refresh on one important GRM dynamic. That's under market rent. So you'll see properties with some wildly high GRMs shown on the MLS and LoopNet. And sometimes it's just plain old overpriced. But if you look closer, many times the under market rents are really pumping that number up. And that could be a buying opportunity. A lot of people might look at the GRM and not want to look at the listing that closely. But once you look at the rents and see why that GRM is so high, could be an opportunity. For example, the 90803 zip code usually trades for 18 to 20 times gross at market rents. But in one sale, the GRM registered above 23 times gross because their rents were 30% below market. Same thing here with the annual square foot numbers as the annual GRM numbers. If we flash this screen up with the year, you'll see that there's a, a pretty linear kind of upward trend 
you know, we've got the current number running at about 1559, including a couple April sales. And then certainly the on markets are always higher. One other note on the GRM and kind of reading through it. So we've seen the GRM right now in the first quarter pushing a little higher than it was last year. And that could be suspicion that people are clamoring and wanting to get things done before the interest rates rise. What we saw through the first quarter was a real shortage of inventory. So if you use the MLS as a bellwether, typically there are between 30 and 50 properties on the market in Long Beach at five plus units. And a lot of the time in the first quarter, there were 10. There was a moment I looked at there was only eight. So that represents a, a window of opportunity for a seller in a market where there's no inventory. There's going to be people needing to complete exchanges. You may be able to, in a low inventory market, eke out a little better sale price or better terms. You know, this is all supply and demand. It always has been. It always will be. And if you take a look at some of these nuances, there may be a window on the market that I can show you that makes a little more sense than the one that was before it or the one that's coming after it. Lastly, let's look at cap rate. Cap rate is basically the net operating income divided by the purchase price of the property and would be your net return rate if you bought the building for cash. So it basically excludes anything having to do with your debt service. It's a very common metric across all commercial real estate assets. But for apartments, it's a, it's a little bit of an estimate or kind of a phantom metric. Why? Well, cap rate uses the building expense factor to come up with the net income, of course. So expenses on apartment buildings, assuming they're separately metered, let's say they're about 35% of the gross income going back 10 years at the start of the cycle. But rents have increased in the last 10 years at a pace that's higher than the normal expenses. So the factor is now down around 30 or maybe even a little less. Now, you may have a year where you have no vacancy and just very little repair expense. And I have one building like that last year where I looked at the records and I said, wow, nothing really broke and we had zero vacancy. Thankfully, everybody paid us through the COVID period. But my expenses were literally 22% of gross. On the other hand, if you had some turnover and some repairs, it can go back to the 30 plus 35%. But the moral of the story is it's still hard to find a stabilized building in Long Beach at a 5% cap rate or better. And obviously, again, to remind you, we are looking at citywide where you may have Belmont Shore stabilized properties still trying to be a four cap, whereas in a different part of town, you may have something that you could get up over a five cap, but you don't see a lot of them out there. So this may change with interest rates increasing, which will, as, as that happens, will cool prices off. And when that happens, it will unwind the cap rate to a bit of a higher trend. So that's the 30,000 foot view on the first quarter of 2022. Obviously, it's very macro in nature. As I mentioned earlier, we'll be getting to more zip code specific analysis in coming episodes, and we'll be able to tell you more of a story, say, in a neighborhood you own in. In the meantime, if you're curious about the areas you own, request from us a last five report. Basically, you call, text, or email us and tell us the zip code and the age of the building, and we'll email you the last five similar sales because we have them all here. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apartments podcast. I'm your host, Eric Christopher. Stay tuned for our next episode where we talk about apartment plumbing systems. The Everything Apartments podcast is provided in association with the Apartment Association of Greater Los Angeles, serving residential landlords throughout Southern California through education and advocacy. Please visit www.aagla.org.